Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Laura Brodnick and today I'm joined by... I'm Emily Vernon, filling in for the lovely Key Reese today. So everyone would know Em's voice from our young, cool, hip, are we calling it podcast, The Undone? I like hip. Hip is a good description. Yes, The Undone is a podcast for people in their 20s or people who want to reminisce on their 20s and how we're just navigating life without a GPS. As a person in their 30s, I weirdly relate to everything you guys are going through. So maybe I've got some sort of weird youth regression going on. But if you want some fun chat about air fryers and vibrators, (laughs) go listen to that one. Well, coming up on the show today, we have Weekend Watch, and safe to say we have some slightly gruesome recommendations for you today. But first, the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. In happy news to kick off today, Meghan Markle has scored a major victory in her ongoing legal battle against the owners of the Mail on Sunday newspaper after they invaded her privacy by publishing parts of a letter she wrote to her estranged father, Thomas Markle. So Meghan has won a summary judgment after High Court Justice Mark Warby ruled that a trial on the case, which was set to take place later in the year, which is going to draw the whole situation out a lot longer, was actually unnecessary, ending the case by ruling in Meghan's favour. In a statement, Meghan called out the Mail on Sunday for illegal and dehumanising practices. For these outlets, it's a game, she said. For me and for so many others, it's real life, real relationships and very real sadness. The damage they have done and continues to do runs deep. So Megan is now seeking damages for her claims, but that issue is still pending. She has said, though, that she will donate any money she receives from the case to an anti-bullying charity. Go, girl. Eat the rich. I mean, she is the rich. (laughs) Different rich. Different different rich. rich. So Georgia Love has clapped back at paparazzi after they attempt to find out which venue her wedding will take place at. Ex-bachelorette Georgia Love announced her engagement to Lee Elliott in September 2019. They had plans to have their wedding this year in Italy, which soon fell short after COVID-19 hit. When paparazzi got word that the couple would be getting married in Australia instead, they began calling wedding planners and venues, posing as a guest who had lost their invite. So after word got back to Georgia Love on what was going down, she took to Twitter saying, Hey paparazzi, just a heads up. I know you're swimming down the shallow end of a gene pool, but wedding planners and venues are not. So no, they're not going to give you our wedding details if you call saying you're our guest and lost your invite. Have a lovely day. I love that story because you can just see all these paparazzi because Georgia and Lee have put on their own Instagram stories that they've been out at wedding venues planning and all this kind of stuff happening. So you have a bit of an idea of where it is taking place. So obviously these paparazzi and probably a few journalists too, because there's a lot of meat in this, have decided the best tactic is just to call all of these venues and say, oh, hello, I'm attending Georgia and Lee's wedding and I've lost my invitation. Could you please tell me the time, date, RSVP details, who's going to be there and just hoping that that information would be slipped to them. 
They probably feel like they're really cool detectives. They're like, we're getting away with this. I know, and they've been thwarted. (laughs) Poor guys. Try again next time. And our final news headline for today, and a very important one, Em, is that we now have our first official clue as to how the upcoming Sex and the City reboot is going to explain the absence of the character of Samantha Jones, played by Kim Cattrall, who, as we know, is very sensationally not returning to the series, along with the other original stars, Sarah Jessica Parker, Cynthia Nixon, and Kristen Davis. So HBO Max chief content creator Casey Bloys, so that's the streaming service who's putting the reboot together, told... TV line, they're not trying to say these characters are reliving their 30s. It's very much a story about women in their 50s and they are dealing with things that people in their 50s deal with. So that's all very vague and doesn't really give us any information. But then he went on to say, just as in real life, people come into your life and people leave. Friendships fade and new friendships start. So I think it's all really indicative of the real stages of their actual life. They're trying to tell an honest story about being a woman in her 50s in New York. So it should all feel somewhat organic. And the friends you have when you're 30 are not the friends you'll have when you're 50, which I feel makes zero sense. So people were obviously worried they were going to kill Samantha Jones off, or maybe they're thinking she'd be in a foreign country and her, you know, she'd be on the like other end of the phone, or they'd had a, some sort of spectacular falling out. But it seems they just kind of push that to the side and act like the three of the main characters are still best friends and still hang out together every day. But the fourth member of that friendship group, they've kind of just drifted away from. Particularly when you think of like Carrie and Samantha, how would they drift away at this stage of their lives? Honestly, Emily, I don't understand. No way. This is so unrealistic. I would prefer if Samantha was killed off, to be honest. Because oh, this no, is but that's I, more believable. Exactly. That is more believable. That's much more believable than thinking that after everything they'd been through in all those decades yeah. of their friendship and the fact that, you know, they were seen as this family, they would just drift away. And I know that friendships in real life do drift away, but not these types of friendships. No not way, they're meant to be together of, forever. So it's in production now. It's actually called Just Like That, not so much Sex in the City. It's coming out later in the year and hopefully they find a better reason than just Friendship Fades Away to explain why Samantha Jones is not there. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move. And we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. I finished my work week on my couch, ordered some food. It's time for Weekend Watch. Our recommendations of what to watch this weekend. And now it's time for Weekend Watch, the new shows that you have to binge watch this weekend. But before we get into our What to Watch recommendations, we have a What to Listen to recommendations. Emily, this is very exciting news because one of my absolute favourite TV shows of the year, and I think pretty much everyone, It's a Sin, came out on Stan. It kind of enthralled the world with its amazing characters and storylines and the way it kind of told the story of the HIV and AIDS crisis in Britain, written by Russell T. Davis, featuring this amazing 
amazing cast. We've talked about it a lot on this show. And this week, Key and I recorded a Watch Club episode. After listening to you guys talk about it, I need to watch it. I have FOMO. I feel like I'm being You need to absolutely go to stand and watch it and then come and listen to our Watch Club episode because like, it's just packed with spoilers. So we talk about all the real life stories and the real life people that inspired it. We talk about the meaning behind the costumes and the sets and why some scenes had to happen. And so lots of behind the scenes info. And basically for anyone who has watched this show, and I know most of our listeners have, and they've had a really emotional attachment to it, you have to go listen to our Watch Club app so we can continue the conversation and keep talking about this amazing show. It's a sin on Stan. Amazing. Okay, now that I've got that out of my system, what is your weekend watch recommendation? Okay, so today I'm recommending the new Netflix true crime documentary series called Crime Scene. The whole first season is available to watch and it's called The Vanishing at Cecil Hotel. Well, that sounds ominous. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> so the documentary follows the case of Alicia Lamb, who was a 21-year-old girl traveling to the US for the first time. She was enjoying her life, she was being free, and she based herself in LA. And she decided to stay at the, I'm pausing for dramatic effect, Cecil Hotel. Ooh, sounds like a bad booth. <laughs> Police became aware of Alicia's disappearance when her family contacted them saying that she hadn't checked in a few days and she would normally be the person to check in every single day. After looking at security footage, the police realised that Alicia never actually left the hotel. What? Which means she's still in there. Oh, that makes me feel sick. They had officers working overtime looking for her. They also released footage to the public of Alicia in this elevator, which now has 25 million views on YouTube, where she's... I don't know how to explain it, but she's just odd. Like she's acting erratic. She kind of looks like she's tripping out on some form of drug, but it's just a very terrifying security footage. And I'm not going to spoil the ending for you because I really want to, but you need to watch it. It is bizarre. It's straight out of a horror movie. You wouldn't even believe like the circumstance of what she was dealing with. Oh, God, I haven't watched this, but I know everyone at work just cannot stop talking about it. I can't it. stop talking about it. And so much of this storyline about this hotel that you were telling me sounded so familiar. Mm. And then you pointed out that it's the inspiration for American Horror Story Hotel, yes. which is one of the best iterations of that franchise and what happened in that hotel and the, and the murderers who used to go and party and live there and just so creepy. And the fact that it's all based on this particular hotel and these people is just like makes my blood go cold. It's a real hotel and she's only one of like the biggest cases that's happened in the hotel. Richard Ramirez, the night stalker, lived oh, there when he yeah. was doing his murders. There's been serial killers living there, snipers living there. And one of the interviewees said that it's a place where serial killers live to let their hair down. Oh, that is <laughs> gross. So on Netflix, yeah? On Netflix, beware. But also hit me up when you watch because I need <laughs> someone to talk to about this. Well, thank you for that cheery recommendation. Happy Valentine's Day Happy to everyone Valentine's who might Day. be looking have a for great something weekend. to watch because I also have a bit of a traumatising recommendation. Oh, great. <laughs> Just to kind of add to that. <laughs> so I'm recommending Clarice, which is the new drama. The first episode is dropping on stand today. You are a woman with a very public reputation for hunting monsters. I can't have a reputation. I've only done it once. It's time you own that reputation. It's time to come out of hiding, Starling. So it's actually a continuation of the iconic movie, The Silence of the Lambs. Tell me you've seen it. I have seen that. Yeah, just one of my favourite movies ever. And also one of the few movies that like fans and critics alike in the horror genre have both really celebrated over the years. It's one of the few movies that's won the big five Oscars. So at the 1992 Awards, it won Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress and Best Screenplay. Even though Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter, for Mm -hmm. anyone who's seen it would know, he's only on screen for less than 
16 minutes and he still won an Oscar because his performance is so chilling. No way. And memorable, right? That's my favourite facts to pull Holy out. I'm crap. really fun at parties. So Clarice is kind of its own standalone series. So you don't have to have watched Silence of the Lambs or know the story to enjoy this because they fill in all those blanks for you. In the series, Clarice Starling is played by Australian actress Rebecca Breeds, who a lot of people might know. She started off on Blue Water High, classic Australian classic. TV show. She then played Ruby on Home and Away for many years and then moved over to the US where she did a lot of guest spots on shows like The Originals and Pretty Little Liars and now she's got this big starring role as Clarice. And so it picks up a year after the events of the movies and she's obviously got a lot of trauma after going through that and facing down a serial killer and having to save that woman. And so she's kind of been um, shuttered off to like a different part of the FBI and she's not on active duty and she's seeing a psychologist and trying to work through all her trauma. But she's also trying to stay away from the spotlight because she's become, as would happen in real life, a bit of a tabloid darling. You know, people are so invested and so kind of hanging on the story of this young FBI agent who had this like chilling interaction with these serial killers. But then she's summoned by Attorney General Ruth Martin, who's played by Jane Atkinson. So that character is the mother of the victim that Clarice saves at the end of Silence of the Lambs. Oh, girl power. So yeah, exactly. She's kind of like, gives a bit of emotional blackmail, like, you know, you need to come and do this favor for me and come out of hiding and track down this person. So she's sent then to work with a violent crimes task force after two Two women are found murdered in this really horrific style. It's almost like this ritualistic fashion. So they've had like things carved into their skin. It's all very awful. Oh, like satanic? Yeah, very much like that. that. And so they find these bodies that have been mutilated and it leads them to think that a serial killer might be to blame for all these women who are being murdered and they think Clarice would be the person to do that. You have the whole series to kind of explore her character and they go really in depth on things that happened in her childhood and how she's dealing with the trauma of what she went through and Silence the Lambs, but she's also got all these new kind of obstacles to face. Right. And she's put onto this task force because it's 1993. There's a lot of like, you know, sexism from the guys thinking that she's not up to the task of, you know, this young chick. Oh, the of being, Exactly. And so there's a lot of that that's quite interesting dynamic between Aren't we dealing her. with enough? People I, are dying. Exactly. And I'm like, also not that much has changed. <laughs> and because you have the room to explore this character. And that's the thing is that they've really taken a lot of time to really flesh out her character and make her really layered and interesting. There's like different cases that they have to solve each week. Mm. So it's like, if you like crime procedural dramas, you'll like this, but there's also the overarching mystery of this killer that they're solving throughout the series. And what I liked about it, because one of the reasons I don't watch a lot of these kind of crime things is I find that they often use like women's death and, and like brutality and that sort of stuff. They kind of glorify shock. it. Yeah, yeah, the shock value and they glorify these men who are the killers and yeah. stuff and they've really turned against that and she actually makes a speech at one stage when she's doing a press conference about like, you know, I'm going to say the names of the women because they're, like, they're the ones we have to remember. We're not going to glorify this person. We're chasing this man. That's what he wants and they really make a point not to glamorise that side of it and to make it a very kind of intense, thoughtful crime drama. So Clarice is coming out today, Friday, on Stan, and new episodes are dropping weekly, which I think is good. It's nice to kind of watch an episode, have a week to kind of process those thoughts before you go into the next one. So, yes, highly recommend. Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. And while you're listening, please subscribe, leave us a review, tell us what you love about the show. We read all of them. You can also get in touch with us by emailing us at thespill at mamamia.com.au. And don't forget, our special watch club of stands, It's a Sin, is dropping in the feed tomorrow, Saturday, the 13th of February. Make sure you listen. This episode of The Spill was produced by Madeline Joannou with audio production by Leah Porges. We'll see you on mamamia.com.au. Bye. Bye.
Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.